Hello and welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast where we explore guest stories from real people and look at how even the briefest interaction with hospitality while travelling can have a profound effect on a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. As guest happiness fanatics, we want to dig into real-life guest experiences and learn about what really makes guests happy and what doesn't, hopefully picking up some great tips for vacation rental professionals along the way. So join us each fortnight as your hosts Andy and Tyan chat to guests from around the globe about their travel experiences. Introducing said hosts. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. Hi friends, I'm Tyan Marsink Hammond, and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. So pack your bags and get ready for this week's guest. Welcome to our next episode of the guest cast. I am really excited to hear from our next interview because this is a story that literally changed his life. Um, and so I'm really, really excited to introduce you to actually the Touch Day CTO, Drew Pearson, who also um, used to be a photographer like me. So when we first got together and chatted at one of our um, industry conferences, it was great to swap stories about um, equipment, uh, whether it's Nikon or Canon or Fuji or digital or film and all that backstory stuff. But Drew, tell us a little bit more about you. And I definitely want you to say something about the aliens that you have um, observed <laughs> for decades. Okay. Well, first of all, the answer is always Nikon. I'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> no, um, I can tell you about the the the, uh, the aliens in a little bit. I have a lot of hobbies. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Drew, and like I said, I have a bunch of hobbies, um, mostly technology related, but I also love to travel, and that's why we're here today. Uh, and I think. I was uh, just thinking about like, we would not be having this conversation right now. I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for Rick Steves. And people were like, who's Rick? Who's Rick Steves? Well, Rick Steves is an American. He lives in, I think, Seattle, but he's been, he's someone that I've been familiar with since I was a little kid. He had a show on PBS, which is the public broadcasting network here in the US. And it was called, I think back then it was called Europe Through the Back Door or something like that. And so this just this totally average guy that spends about a hundred days a year in Europe. And what's different about him is his whole thing is about, again, Europe through the back door. So it's kind of like this alternate approach to travel. You know, I think at least I can speak for most Americans that typically when we go to Europe, we want to see all the big sites, you know, all the all the things we read about, the the Eiffel Tower and the Coliseum and and that's sort of like we can't we come up with a hit list, you know, and then we just want to go from one to the other. Well, his his methodology is just totally different than that. And it's and it revolves around sort of immersing yourself in the local culture and sort of and really enjoying that, enjoying the country for what it really has to offer, not necessarily just the the monuments or whatever. And when I was a little kid, I used to I was enthralled by this guy's show. It's like, you know, little me sitting behind this little eight-inch color TV screen. Uh, with, the, the, with the bunny ears, you know, and I would, I had a little tape recorder, little micro cassette recorder, and I would put it, prop it up next to the, uh, to the speaker, so I could record his shows on the weekends, and I would, so I'd watch it, and then I would, like, listen to it all next week over and over again, 
until his next episode. But his influence really sort of, it, it, it educated the way I travel. And when it came time later in life, when I finally had the means and sort of the opportunity to go travel, um, I planned a trip with my then girlfriend, Jenny. <laughs> she didn't know that she was gonna be my wife soon, but <laughs> I planned a trip with her. We, we, we both love Brixties. We, we decided we wanted to go all over Europe. <laughs> and what she didn't know is that I had been planning this trip well before I even mentioned it to her because I was planning to propose to her. And um, I've always thought, I mean, people have told me, and I truly, truly believe you don't know someone until you've traveled with them. Uh, <laughs> definitely. If, that's the ultimate relationship test, in my opinion. <laughs> Go and plop you and your partner in Europe with one carry-on bag for two weeks and see how you turn out at the end. Um, well, long story short, we've been married ever since, so it did turn out well, but... I think it's, it's travel is one test and then <laughs> slow Wi-Fi speed is the second yes, test. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but the, tra the travel, I think, is like, it's super important, maybe as much as the Wi-Fi, because it sort of introduces, it really throws you for a loop a bit. It kind of like takes your, your sense of normalcy and routine and stirs it up really good. So it's a great way to see like how you react together. Anyway, I'd go on all day about that, but. So we, we planned this whole trip to Europe together, her not knowing about the proposal. Um, and one place that we really want to go, or one area that we really want to go is called the Cinque Terre, which is in northern, northwestern Italy. Um, it's about, it's five little villages or towns that are sort of equally spaced out in this, this beautiful, I mean, visually stunning uh, coastal area. I mean, it's just absolutely, every, every view is like postcard type thing. It's just awesome. We wanted to go there, um, of course, with the help of Rick Steves. Uh, he's the one that mentioned this, you know. I would have, you know, normally you think, let's go to Venice, let's go to Rome. But we went here, which is kind of a rural setting. And we stayed in a little uh, a town, uh, or I guess a village, that we found through his books called uh, La Spezia. And it's a, it's a little, like, coastal town, very pretty. Um, so we, we stayed there and, and, and we, I think this was like our first experience with Airbnb as well. So uh, we stayed in a cute little house called the greenhouse, I think is what it was called. It's like right downtown. And I'm, you know, neither of us had really stayed in anything but a motel or hotel at this point. So this was new. This idea of staying in someone's home was new. Uh, and the, she met us there, the host, I don't remember her name, but she met us uh, at the house and introduced us, showed us everything. She spent probably 30 minutes, an hour, just chatting with us about, you know, what's there. And right immediately, that was, that's, that's this, that's the Rick Steves or the sort of vacation rental influence, right? That's the, because I didn't just go check in at the front desk and walk up to my room, you know, we sort of met this woman and she walked us to the house and got to know us. Uh, you know, what do we like to eat? What do we like to do? And already the trip was better <laughs> for that simple reason. Um, she recommended some, a beautiful place to eat. And I've actually got the map pulled up right now. And I wanted, cause I wanted to make sure that this made it to the podcast. Uh, if you ever go to La Spezia in Italy, there's this place right by the marina called Dai Pes Pescatori. Okay, it's like a little tiny place, but it is, 
the best seafood I've ever had in my entire life. And this is coming from, you know, me who lives in coastal North Carolina here, like seafood is what we do here. And well, they figured it out better than we did. I'll tell you that much. Um, anyway, so she told us about this place to eat. She told us about a great little beach that we could check out. Um, and I felt like I was living there. Like Jenny, my wife and I, we both felt like sort of with the coaching of this host, we kind of felt like we were living in La Spezia for a week or so, uh, going to the laundromat and going to the restaurants and everything. The vibe was really cool. It was very romantic. And I, like I said, I went into this, I went into this trip with the idea of proposing to Jenny, but I didn't really have like the spot, the time, none of that figured out. I just really was winging it. And we fell in love with this town and I thought, this is it, this has gotta be it, right? So maybe we'll go out to a nice restaurant, maybe we'll do something. I didn't know yet, but then she recommended this beach that we go to and uh, we had to arrange some boats and things like that. Again, this is one of those experiences I don't think we would ever had, ever had normally because we were like, you know, walking down to the dock and paying some local guy in a Speedo and a, and a stogie hanging out of his mouth to, you know, to drive us to this island. Like I would have never <laughs> been able to even get there, right, without her help. So we did it. It was a great little a journey. And we ended up on this island. Um, it was just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, totally all natural, like almost no development there whatsoever. It was all locals. I don't think anyone there spoke a word of English. Um, and it was gorgeous. And, you know, <laughs> to make it even better, the island is, is actually in the shape of a heart, believe it or not. <laughs> so I knew this had to be the place. So, you know, Jenny and I, we swam. It was all just so sweet and wonderful and romantic. We had, we packed a little lunch and we, we were eating lunch. And that's when the moment struck me and I proposed to her right there on the beach. And, you know, next thing you know, we're married. And, you know, we, we went back to Europe years later. Uh, we didn't never go to the same place, but we did go back to Europe with our kids, uh, you know, it's about three years later. And um, I don't know, this whole, it's just really set the scene for our relationship. We had the test of the travel and then this really romantic spot that on earth that we would have never found before. It was all just perfect. And, you know, through, and I, and I, and I would really sort of encourage everyone out there to take a little bit of a different approach to travel sometimes. Get off the beaten path, you know. Um, don't worry so much about the checklist of monuments and fancy things you need to see because you've seen them in books. Like, just don't necessarily worry about that. Maybe try to get more, be more of a local when you go places and deal with people that can help you in that. You know, great hosts, that's the number one. That's my advice. This, this, this whole thing, like I said, I, I opened this with, we wouldn't be talking if it weren't for the trip. And it's true because we ended up getting married and then we went back three years later. We had just had a child. He was, he had just turned one. Of course, we went back to Italy. We didn't go back to Let's Betsia, but we did go back to Italy. And again, we took the whole Rick Steves approach. We're not checking luggage. You know, here we are, two of us with two kids, one of them just turning one. Diapers, wipes, food, all this stuff. None of it, no check bags, only one carry on each. We went for three weeks and it was amazing. Again, we, we had great hosts. We did the whole Airbnb thing. Um, and that trip, going back again with her and then with our children, that trip changed me again. I, I just, it's, it's all about the approach, I think, because 
I had all this time to spend with my children and I was working so hard at the time. And I realized I just fell in love with my family again, all over again through that trip. And, um, and I came home and quit my job <laughs> uh, because I just, it just like it, I don't know. There's just something about it, something about experiencing the world in a more sort of like a locals kind of a way that just really puts everything in perspective for you. And, and, and it did for me, I, I realized I love my kids more than I love my job and I'm working too hard. I need to change my life. And I did, you know, started eating healthier. I spent a lot less time working and a lot more time with my kids. And, you know, all these years later, we're, we still keep up some of the same routines and some of the same things that we learned about life through these trips. We still take them with us every day. And I'm really appreciative for that. I hardly ever go through this long in a podcast, Drew, without saying something or, or, or jumping in. Um, and it's, it's A, because I just always like listening to you talk. You're, you're, you're a, a CTO, but you talk like a, a, a real human. Um, and that's not to cast aspersions on technical people to say they don't have a human side to them, but like listening, listening to you, I could, I could listen all day to you. And it was really interesting how you, how you, like, as the story developed and, and towards the end, you spoke about the effect that it had on you. And when you said, um, that it made you realize how much you love your family, I was like, I was literally, I was feeling it. Um, and it's it's so lovely to hear such a genuine kind of effect that a travel has on someone. And it's very hard when you do podcasts with people to get them to talk very openly and with feeling. Um, and you did that. And you can tell the way I'm talking as well that, that it affected me. So um, thank you for that. That was really, it was wonderful. Um, but how how do how do we go from like, wanting to travel to Paris and go to the Eiffel Tower or, or going to Pisa to the Leaning Tower and not kind of want those tourist traps? Oh, oh man. So <laughs> I've got a story for that one. Um, <laughs> you surprised me. <laughs> you know, seriously, no, I do. <laughs> so, but I would say number one, if you haven't done it already, go out and buy any book written by Rick Steves, any one of them, any travel book, any edition, any year, it doesn't matter. Just buy one, open it up. And then you can also go to YouTube. He's got all of some videos on there and PBS, their website has some videos, but that doesn't really answer your question, but do those things first. And then, so that same trip, the first trip with Jenny, we did go to Rome during that trip. And we had, it was really funny. We, we did, we set out, we we're gonna go to, uh, we're gonna to go to the Vatican City. And <laughs> we did not go to the Vatican City. I'll just, spoiler alert for you. Uh, we, we, got, we got there. Um, uh, P.S., if you're ever going to Rome, get that Roma pass. It's worth it, every penny of it. Um, you can skip the lines. So anyway, we, uh, we, we showed up at the Vatican City. We're like all ready. And uh, then I saw the line and I was like, we looked at each other and we were like, why are we doing this? Like, neither of us are very religious. It just seems like the thing you do when you go to Rome, right? Like you go to the Vatican City, that's what you do. And then that's kind of what I told her. And she's like, yeah, I guess that is why we're here. And uh, it's like, are you hungry? Like, 
oh, yeah, I am hungry. Let's go get something to eat instead. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, fine, why not? You know, we're going to lose our place in line. Oh, who cares? And, it, and the way that it ended up with, and, and so we went to this restaurant, like right outside the Vatican City and had, I still have pictures that I drool over to this day, but we got the most beautiful salads. They're like, you know, the size of your head with fresh brie and blueberries and all kinds of wonderful things in there. And I tell people this all the time that at that restaurant, the wine was cheaper than the water, which is true. And we sat there for probably two, almost three hours, just eating, drinking. In the Vatican, I could see the Vatican from where we were sitting. I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad we're not in there. <laughs> and and the reality of it is this, okay? If you've got a punch list and you're so worried about knocking things off, that's, I get that. I totally get that. Let's all just step back and remember, it's going to be there tomorrow. And if you don't make it on this trip, you can just, it's all the more reason to schedule another trip. Try another trip, you know? Don't, you don't need to be like, have every moment of your day scheduled and, and go see everything there is to see. It's really more about just being there. And, and honestly, that, that lunch date that we had outside the Vatican, I bet I talk about that more fondly. And I think about that more romantically than I would have ever thought about the Vatican City. So I think it all comes down to is, um, again, the people, you know, you, like you said, you're scheduling things, but then leave that white space for the people you meet, the people you're mm -hmm. with to just experience time with others. And um, I travel the same way as, as you is like, okay, here's one thing, one thing we want to check off the list. Everything else is fluid. Everything else, see what happens, see what people you meet, see what the locals say. And I, I just fantastic with the beach that your host had recommended. And that's where you propose to her. And it all just all comes in perfectly yeah. together. That, I mean, yeah, it's just beautiful. And she didn't even know, she had no idea about the proposal plan either. She had, so I don't think she had ever computed in her head that the island was like the shape of a heart and we were going to propose. It was, but it worked, right? It's like you said, it's about the people, you know, I could not have planned that. <laughs> I really couldn't have. The same thing with the restaurant outside the Vatican. Couldn't have planned that. But man, that was such a great night or such a great day. You know, you might not have been able to plan that, Drew, but I would bet that most of our listeners who own and operate accommodation would have known the equivalent of that restaurant that you could sit at and have the most amazing lunch whilst watching the right. Vatican, or whilst seeing yeah. the Vatican, whilst experiencing the, the culture. And I'm sure there would be some, well, probably a lot of people who go to the Vatican to to actually then go in it and see it and to to experience that very religious uh, aspect of it. But but you you were that wasn't that big a deal for you. You were much more interested in can I just experience a piece of of Rome and 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 Italian life, and you stumbled across it. But I, I'm sure that every one of our accommodation operators knows in those big yeah. historic landmarks or those tourist traps how to avoid them or how to have a better experience away from them, but still enjoying them in a peculiar way, like you just described. And, um, and, and for me, that that's like Rick Steves, isn't it? That that's, that's that in a nutshell, it's like how you experience and enjoy the other side of these must see attractions. Yeah. I think there's a kind of a concept here that, that I, that I believe in here. And that is maybe when you're thinking about travel, <laughs> And I can speak from the lens of the American. 
you can see Americans when they travel from a mile away. So you, you can know, hear them as well. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can hear them too. So maybe when you travel, why not? Let's let's not be an American visiting or an American traveling and sort of collecting, you know, visits and things. But instead, why not like try to leave feeling a little bit Italian <laughs> or a little bit Swiss or a little bit British or whatever, like maybe approach travel in that way. Like when I go to Rome, when I go to, you know, London or wherever, what can I do? What things can I do that I might leave and feel a little bit British when I leave or a little bit Parisian or, you know, <laughs> you, and it's, it's just cool. Like, you know, adapt, right? Instead of being the outlier, why not just try to like, you know, absorb a little bit when you're there. And it's, it's awesome. It is life-changing. You know, it really is. All right. So here is my challenge to our listeners. Drew has shared so much about the story that has literally changed his life and how it was changed. And the fact that it wasn't the big bucket list things that people might have, you know, People might come to your place for a bucket list thing. So my challenge to you is whether it's in your drip communication or in your digital guidebook, or when you meet them face-to-face when they arrive on your doorstep is to have something prepared for them that says, this is what you can do instead of XYZ bucket list item. This is how you can feel more Italian or Parisian or Missourian is in my case, you know, go taste the moonshine moonshine samples are free, you know? So figure out what is that one thing you can give your guests. And I challenge you. And then I want you to email us or put it on social touch days at touch day for Facebook and Twitter at touch day. Welcome for Instagram. And let us know what that one thing is that you plan to share with your guests from here on out. Maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast. If you do, Head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to the guest cast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star review and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.